Welcome to Taking the Hot Seat with Abigail. I'm your host, Abigail, and thank you for joining me today. So, on today's podcast, we will discuss spices, like the stuff you put in food. So, I want to discuss where spices are from, different uses of spices, what spices even are, and I'll be answering these questions and a lot more stuff. So, join me and let's spice it up. get into the nitty-gritty I wanted to share some random fun facts about spices um so the first one I have here let's see okay yeah this is the first one all right uh black pepper was immensely valuable in the fourth century BC and it was known as black gold and actually pepper was used as a currency at some point in the past so I thought that was really cool because I mean, honestly, you look at pepper and you're like, what value would that even have? Like, it just seems like it has no value, but it had value. So, yeah. Number two is salt was paid a salary to Roman soldiers. This gave birth to the term such as worth his salt. So I know some people say like, oh, that was so not worth his salt. So they're saying like it wasn't worth like his time or his value or whatever so that's because salt was used to pay people which i found interesting because honestly if somebody paid me in salt i would actually be really really butthurt and very offended because where's my money but salt was used as currency interesting 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 uh number three is red peppers have more vitamin c than lemon and they're rich in other antioxidants I think I said that right. Yeah, antioxidants. So, if you're looking for more vitamin C in your diet, you should use red peppers. Um, I don't like red peppers. I, I honestly, I can't even lie. I cannot stand spice. I have a geographical tongue. Um, so my tongue was really patchy as a kid, and because of that, I can't stand spices. I'm an African with no spice tolerance, and it's honestly embarrassing. But you know what? We all come in different different forms guys different forms so your girl can't have spices but that's okay um another fun fact i have is saffron is the most expensive spice in the world um and cashmere produces the highest amount of saffron when i looked up how saffron looks it's a very interesting looking um spice i would say because it doesn't look like it's valuable it's it looks red and kind of like thread and it comes from a flower, which I just said the name of. The flower is called a cashmere, and the flower is like kind of purpley or whatever. But um, saffron is red. It's it it looks pretty, but it doesn't look valuable at all. So when I was like, you know, learning all this stuff, I was like, oh, I bet like this spice looks really exotic. Or no, it just it's red. It's just red. But yeah. Um. Also, like cashmere, like uh, not cashmere, but saffron. It has like a honey aroma to it, and what makes it pop? Like it's very popular in de- uh, dessert. 
in, like in dessert food so it's like because it has because of its color because it's red it's used a lot in desserts and so it brings a honey taste to these desserts and it gives these desserts color so it's it's um it's expensive and it's very much usable in the kitchen and it's very versatile and then the last spice fun fact i have is cardamom is a popular spice used in indian cuisine but the scandinavians loved to use the spice in their mulled wine and i just found that interesting because you wouldn't think spices are in wine but i guess they are um i've used cardamom on rice and other stews that i've made in the past so i wouldn't really see it as a spice that goes in wine but then again you never know anything can mean anything it's 2023 and that's what i'm learning so those are all the spicy fun facts i have so stay tuned so we can learn more about spices So now we're going to get into the nitty gritty about spices and educate ourselves on spices. So the first thing we're going to discuss is the history of spices. So as long as 3500 BC, ancient Egyptians used spices for flavoring food, embalming the dead, and for cosmetic uses, which I can see. That, like, that makes sense. A lot of spices are indigenous to India, such as cardamom and turmeric. These spices were cultivated as early as the 8th century BC in the gardens of Babylon. So the use of spices spread out to the Middle East, Europe, and the Mediterranean. So spices from China, uh, India, Indonesia, and modern-day Sri Lanka were transported via donkey and camel caravans. Um, so for nearly 5,000 years, Arab middlemen controlled the spice trade until European explorers discovered a sea route to India and other countries in the East that produced spice. Spices such as spices and herbs such as black pepper, cinnamon, turmeric, cardamom have been used by Indians for thousands um, of years for health purposes, culinary pur and culinary purposes. Um, so a lot of these spices and herbs were medicines, but they were also like really, really great for food, which we all know today because food that's seasoned up is, mm, it's real, real, real good. I don't like it when food's unseasoned. It's really, it's really, it's really sad. Really, really sad. <laughs> Not a great experience at all. But anyways, so the first written documentation of the use of spices was found in Mesopotamia. Uh, three clay tablets from 1750 BC were found with more than 30 recipes. So this was the first known cookbook that we've found. I'm sure there was more cookbooks, but the, the earliest one that we can date is 1750. Uh, these recipes included um, garlic, cumin, coriander, and other spices. And these are spices we still use to this day. Um, I know with like my family, like when we cook, we put garlic in almost everything. Not just because it tastes, but also garlic is a really good preventative for a lot of sicknesses, like a common cold, because those are very, very common. So yeah, cumin we use a lot in my family too. Coriander we've used a couple times, but not as often. So it's cool to know that like spices that were in recipes from 1750 are still being used to this day. Um, spices became a status symbol of the upper class during the Crusades, which is the 11th through 13th century. So back then, spices were treated like jewels, and you were 
to proceed with caution when using them. And I find that I found that really and really interesting because I feel like now we just like I don't say like we take it for granted, but like we use spices in such a like a casual way. Like we don't really have like we don't treat them like jewels. Like we it's it's a spice. Like it's just so available and ready for everyone that we don't really treat it like a jewel. Um, so the prices of prices of spices ranked up in the 15th century. The pepper price increased up to 30 times during its trip from India to Venice. At this time, Venice was the center of the spice trade. So new trade routes slash paths were found to avoid paying high prices, which um, was like around the era where there was like great explorers like Columbus and De Gama. Um, so De Gama, whose name is Vasco de Gama, he discovered a sea route to India, which turned the tables and made Portugal a world power overnight since most of the spice producing regions fell under his control because they were able to find a route to India, a sea route. This made transportation faster, easier, and gave them more access to uh, spices and at a faster rate since, you know, like it takes less time to travel now that they found a sea route. So in, ta- in retaliation, you know, the Dutch were mad because this is, this is when, you know, I feel like all of Europe was just fighting each other. But uh, this is, so the Dutch revamped and used any means possible to maintain and expand their power. And the Dutch remained at the forefront of the spice trade until the 18th century. But then war, corruption, and debt began to, um, to weaken the Dutch. And so the Dutch weren't really powerful anymore because they're busy dealing with their own problems. They can't really do as much spice trading anymore. So since then, spices have quickly globalized and grown an increasing number of regions where the plants are not originally native to. After the decline of the Spanish monopoly, uh, prices of spices declined. So this meant that many people in Europe in the 19th century could afford exotic spices. And now a variety of spices are very much within our reach and are affordable. So that's the history of spices. A very, very brief one. I'm sure there's much more intricate, intricate history of how we've gotten to all be able to have spices and not just a certain class, a certain group, a certain region. Um, which I think is really cool. So spices have many uses and some of them I've already mentioned. Spices have medicinal use. Um, they did in ancient times and honestly, they actually in modern times they still do but this practice is mainly found in areas like China and India. You can see the medicinal use of herbs all around the world but but it's not as common now that we have uh, medication. Um, I will say though, coming from Kenya and being a Kisi, I know that they still use herbs for medicinal use. Um, partly because of lack of access, not lack, but like not being able to access healthcare for financial reasons. But I also will say that I am one of the few people that feels like there is still good to using herbs and spices, like natural things as medicine. Um, I actually think that that's the safest, smartest way. But then again, this is my personal opinion. This isn't me telling you what to do. This is me saying I think that using herbs and spices for medicinal use 
is the safer and healthier one because they're more natural and two because if i'm being honest when i see like the ingredient tab of like medicines it scares me because i don't even know what half of those things are it's just long 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 names of things that i'm very sure were made in a lab and one thing about man-made things is they fail um they do fail uh i have nothing against medications medications have helped me a lot but like I, it, it always scares me when, like, I see an ad where it's like, well, if you took this medication, you're eligible for this, this, that, that. Or, well, if you use this, this, and not that, you likely have cancer, something like that. But that's less likely to happen with a herb or a spice because these are natural. These come from the ground. Um, but now plants are being corrupted, too. That's a story for another day. That's actually a future, future uh, episode idea I've had. It's talking about, like, modern... Um, what's it called uh plants now and chemicals and how that's affecting um people people's health but not just people's health how it's affecting farmers and how competition between farmers is so unfair now because some people have the money and mechanization to get access to these chemicals that are hurting us and so on but that's that's a conversation for another another day so anyway, back to what I was saying, spices have any uses, like medicinal uses. Um, let's see. The use of spices and herbs is not limited to the Western world. I already said that. Um, but the revival of interest in alternative therapies has gone up since the late 20th century. So people are starting to gravitate towards spices and herbs now, again, for medicinal use. So the properties of herbs and spices have been and still are being re-examined. In early times, spices and herbs were turned into holy oils and aphrodisiacs. So um, priests employed them in worship and rituals and shamans used them as charms to chase away bad spirits. So herbs and spices have religious uses as well. Um, spices are used to flavor food my favorite way to use spices guys (laughs) favorite way (laughs) because if you're not spicing your food what are you doing what what are you doing that's that's the real 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 question what are you doing um we don't know when this practice started but we have record of it as i have previously mentioned so garlic was a part of the human diet in very early times makes sense garlic is i'm telling you if you don't have garlic in your diet add it to your diet it is a game changer. It prevents di- like diseases and colds. It also helps you heal from a cold. I know when I get a cold, and maybe some people do this, but um, when I get a cold, and I tell my mom about it, um, usually what she'll have me do is eat garlic. It tastes absolutely horrid when it's by itself. Garlic by itself is disgusting. It's so bad. It's literally like it hurts your tongue and it tastes terrible and it gives bad breath. But um, usually if you have it in your tea, that's great. Sometimes I'll steam it and then um, just like, um, what's it called? Steaming it and then um, putting my face over that steamed water like not like over it to the point where I'm burning, but over it where I can like that, that the garlic's scent goes through my nose. It clears my nose. It's actually one of the best, best ways ever to get rid of your cold and your boogers. But yeah, 
Garlic is super amazing. But now we're constantly consuming a variety of spices. So basil is one of the most commonly used herbs and um, it's usually served with pesto, meat dishes, vegetables, and soups. Cinnamon, cinnamon is most associated with desserts and breakfast items. Um, you may not know this, but this dip. So I was talking about the dill, not the dill, but I meant to say, you may not know this, but dill is a herb and it is used in soups. Um, also, it's used to help make dill pickles, hence the name dill pickle. I had no idea that dill was even a spice in that dill pickles. Guys, I, I hate to break it to you, but dill pickles, like pickles aren't even a vegetable. Like, they come from cucumbers. And I was so sad to find that out because I genuinely thought, like, a pickle was its own, like, its own entity, like, its own thing. But no, it comes from cucumbers. And the funny thing is, I'm not the biggest cucumber person. Like, I, not that I won't eat it, but, like, I avoid them. Like, if I don't have to have it, I won't have it. But to know that dill pickles and cucumbers are the same thing, just different taste is crazy that's crazy that's the power of spices guys spices vamp up everything they make everything better so ginger is another common plant that is most associated with herbal teas um i will say i use ginger in my tea i've had garlic tea too but i love ginger tea more and usually what i do is i put a little ginger a little lemon a little honey and it's a great way to start my morning also it's a great way to get rid of my cold and my morning voice is absolutely scary to listen to so that's what helps yep that is what helps um another popular herb is mint um which you know is found in chewing gum but it's also added in drinks like smoothies juices and sometimes you can taste it in your ice cream i'm not a big mint person um i'm not a like mint as a flavor in general just isn't for me Mint flavored anything makes me think of eating toothpaste. <laughs> it's just not for me. Um, if I'm having it, like if I had to have mint, it's it's okay. I will say though, in smoothies, they're more bearable because the taste of other like fruits and the sweetness for other fruits balances it out. But mint itself for me is too strong. But it's great. It's great. It's great. It's great. But you guys get the gist. Um, spices and herbs are in everything we consumed. And these are only five that I've mentioned. Like, not five, but like, these are only a couple that I've mentioned. Um, spices are in a lot more things. They're not just in food. Um, they're also in perfumes, in cosmetics, in toiletries, in lotion, in hair products, in toothpaste, and in soap. Like. You'll, you'll find spices and herbs in a lot, a lot, a lot of things. More things than you actually think you'll find them in. But that is all I really have to share today about spices and herbs. So thanks for listening. And stay tuned for some more segments. week is none other than Kat Burns. She's a singer-songwriter with Smash Hit Go, which went viral and went to chart on the UK charts. Um, 
She has a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful voice, nonetheless to say. Her artistry is defined by elegant, frank, conversational lyrics and melodies so instantly familiar, they feel like they've been plucked from the sky. Um, her songwriting skills and her lyrics are simple, but they mean a lot and they're super, super, super relatable. Um, she went from just singing in her bedroom and now she she had a number two song, which was Go. She's toured with Ed Sheeran. She has had her own tour and she's just, she's soaring up. She is soaring up. Some of her songs, honestly, I like that she's very versatile because some of her songs will feel kind of like gospel-like, but then some of them feel a little bit high beat pop-like. Um, she definitely has a UK pop vibe. I mean, it's not shocking that she does because she is from the UK, but I think you should listen to her. If you want to follow her on social media, all that information is in the description box. So, yeah. That's a wrap on Taking the Hot Seat with Abigail. I'm your host, Abigail, and stay tuned for more conversations with me.